You're listening to Clone Dance Party, Season 1, Episode 7, Parts Developed in an Unusual Manner. Sarah enlists Helena's help to rescue Paul, while Dr. Leakey tries to convince Cosima to join his project. I'm Bob. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Heidi. Hi. Welcome, Welcome Heidi. Heidi. Thanks. Okay, so we ask first-time guests how much of Orphan Black you've seen, uh, how you started watching Orphan Black, and tell us about your podcast. Okay, well, I have seen up to this episode, so I'm a newbie as well. Oh, cool. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Fun. Yes, and I heard about the show, I don't know, maybe six months ago, just saw everybody talking about it, and I was like, okay, I need to check this out. But it's not on Hulu or Netflix, and it is on Prime, which I have, but it just wasn't really one of those terribly easy shows to acquire. So I hadn't watched it, and then you started your podcast, and Bob messaged me and said there was an opening for a guest spot. And so I watched the first six episodes in the last two weeks and then watched number seven today. Great. Fantastic. yeah, I sort of got to mainline a little bit, but now I'll have to slow myself down so that I can maybe send in feedback for you guys. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. Oh, there are many. Uh, let's see. I do weekly Castlecast, which is a castle podcast, and we just hit our 200th episode. Wow. Congratulations. So, thank you. So, yeah, we've been doing that for the castles in season seven for six years now. And then I have an intro cast, Investigating Mars, which is about Veronica Mars, which technically is over, but we're still discussing the books and the spinoff series and stuff so that we can keep it going. And there are other things, but mostly just those two. Yeah, Veronica Mars is something I definitely want to watch. I'll listen along with the intro cast as I do that. (laughs) It is excellent. Oh, that's right. I am also a newbie on Down Below, a Babylon 5 podcast. Nice. I have been a guest on that, and I'm also a newbie playing along with them. Oh, fun. Awesome. Okay, so, Heidi, since you're a newbie as well, what were your first impressions of this episode, and of the season up to date, if you want to? The season up to date, I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't know how they can keep up this idea of one actress playing so many roles and having to be in, like... 95% of the episode, but I hope they can because it's great. This episode, I enjoyed. We got some information that we didn't have before. However, I didn't enjoy it as much as the last episode, which was just too much fun and so funny. Uh, (laughs) But we did get a lot of new information that we didn't know. And so that helps. And, you know, tying things in, that's that's always nice, you know, getting, getting new information. Yeah, well, the last one was actually the first one taken as a guest spot. (laughs) I can see why. Lynette, since you're our other newbie, it's nice to say that. Uh, (laughs) What were your reactions to this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, well, all right. I'm going to say my my usual. It was freaking great, of course. But can we just get the whole, uh, hey, the dance music was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get the whole prehensile penis dance thing out of the way. <laughs> oh my God. I, I have two I have two thoughts on this. First of all, if I was a guy, I'm just assuming here, 
and they could grow things, I would not be growing a tail. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, seriously, putting that Porsche, that uh, overcompensation on that B-U-T-T ugly back end, that, I mean, hello, that was just stupid. I, know, I, I, I had to give it to special effects with putting the veins in and stuff, but oh my god. Okay. Oh, so disgusting. Oh, it was awful. It was just awful. <laughs> I, had to, I had to say it. Okay, now we can talk about real stuff. <laughs> okay, Janice? Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I agree. It wasn't quite as much fun as last week's episode, but, and, and part of it was the tale. But it was still a really good episode um, with lots of things happening, finding out lots of things, kind of seeing which way Paul was leaning. Also, the stuff at, at police headquarters was great. So there was a lot happening. Liz? So much happens, which I think was my first. I This was the first episode that I watched twice, and I watched it twice immediately because just... So much happened, and watching it again and taking notes on it, I saw even more stuff that I missed the first time. But yeah, this episode, just so much. So many puzzle pieces start sliding together. It's a great episode. Okay. Bob? I also like this. Before I forget, I want to mention that I am a veteran on a new intro cast about the old Patrick McGowan series, The Prisoner, which is called In the Village. Uh, we just released our first episode, but it's not in iTunes yet. It might be by the time you hear this. If not, it should be within a day or two. Yay! I like the episode a lot as well. I like that we got a lot of Helena, because she was absent from the last episode, and that there was more from Cosima and Delphine, and we got to see Felix in, in, uh, in Clubland. <laughs> yes. My slight disappointment is that we didn't get to see Donnie after what happened last week. We did get to see some of Allison's reactions to it, which are great, but I I would have liked to have seen how he was taking it. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. They were off on couples retreat, weren't they? Yeah. But we did find out where Cosima is from, and I missed it on the first watch, and the second watch I caught it. So that was cool. Yeah, she she had said the Bay Area last week. It was one of my quotes, but I, I didn't use it. I used a different one. Oh, yeah, I agreed with Lynette. I can't for the life of me see a reason why you'd want a tail. I mean... <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah I, I don't care what his sexual orientation is, whatever it is, whoever I, I was climbing in there, no matter what I was, I'd be climbing right back out of bed. I'd say, oh, no <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, the, uh, it was no way. so gross. It was so gross. Yeah, like, it gave gross. me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, like full on. <laughs> I mean, it it needed hair or something because it was just. Bleh. It was, and the makeup department and the special effects team should get an award for that thing because it looked so real. Which, if it looked fake, it would have been hilarious and it wouldn't have been so creepy. But it looked so real that. Oh my god. I knew it, that vein and everything, and I went like, oh, that's just disgusting. So I give them kudos for that. <laughs> and it looked kind of hollow when she cut it. Uh-huh. I know. Like, I know. oh. And it like, it was twitching, and it, yeah. oh. Yeah, that's oh, twitching. I know. It's like, oh. oh. No, I don't, I don't understand. And the, you know, the fact, his, his whole line of, you know, the fact that I can have a, 
completely prehensile tail millions of years after we shed it shows how far we've come and where we can go. Oh, bullshit. That oh, is yeah. that all of that right there is for me like he sums up my problem with the neolutionists just with that statement because it's just so ugh, dude really like oh i i'm gonna i'm gonna not have another neolutionist <laughs> rant well, you know there was there. a reason why there was a reason why we don't have a tail i mean we, we evolved that out for a reason <laughs> you know we don't need it because it's gross we don't we don't need it you know what's he gonna go do climb a tree well, it's got to be really uncomfortable if you're wearing pants. I mean, how do that's, you even sit? Uh, that's yeah, what I was Yeah, thinking. that's my question. <laughs> what is the purpose here? You know, it doesn't provide balance or anything. You know, we have toes no, for and that. No, it wasn't. And I mean, you know, if you're going to have a tail, at least have one that's useful. That thing wasn't useful for any. It wasn't big enough to be useful for anything, which I think is why it grossed me out. So, so much is it was too small to be an actual tail, but too large to be a, a butt penis. Yeah. So it was just there and not of any use, but I can imagine him like stroking it and using it as a sexual organ, which I think yeah. creeped me out more. Very um, much. Yeah. But it, you know, at least if you're going to have a tail, have it be long enough so you can hang from it or use it to actually be size appropriate, proportionally appropriate. And it wasn't. So it was just such an awkward size that made it even grosser. Yeah. You know, I could see that neolutionist thing, I mean, particularly the circles that I come from, that could be kind of useful because I have, there are a lot of people that, you know, need to transform. I mean, you know, yeah, no, they're, no. they're working on. And, no, I, and here, I totally get that. But no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Why waste it on growing a stupid tail? Yeah, like like give give mothers with six kids two extra arms or something, you know? Yeah, like, something, <laughs> something useful. Or for people who are transitioning, like yeah, there we go. But that would cut back on that cert, that whole dangers of surgery thing so much. Exactly, but changing your eye a different color to be a groupie for some creepy ass doctor. Ugh, ugh I know. Yeah, the Helena is like classic. <laughs> oh, Helena, she, did you lay with a demon? Yeah, a beast. <laughs> a beast. Yeah. Excuse me, a beast. <laughs> oh, she's great. I just like how the intro. Oh yeah, yeah. I like how the intro to Helena is got anything new to be paranoid about, and there's Helena. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> love it. I know. I love that so much. <laughs> In fact, that's my quote. <laughs> and, and we got to see her eat again. Oh, I know. And touch Fantastic. and touch everything on the table. Just. Oh, touching the wall. This is a really nice restaurant, isn't it? I dreamed that we were friends. We're not friends. We will be. I've seen it. Don't they feed you wherever you go? This is a nice restaurant, isn't it? Yeah, five stars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is a really nice restaurant, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> pouring sugar onto the jello. Right. And then and the not face. being happy with the result. Yeah, with the result. <laughs> I mean, she just looks like this weak, starving thing, and then she whips that guy around and ninja his, ninjas him so much. It's just like, damn, girl. <laughs> okay, so let's get it out of the way. I hate Thomas. Oh, God, yes. He displayed 
all of the warning signs of abuse and brainwashing and cult leadership. And uh, I don't like him. Yeah, I hate him more than Leaky because Leaky's got the same problem. But, I, you know, I'm not yes. sure about the abuse yet, but I'm sure it's there. But, yeah, Thomas was was overtly abusive to her. The reason we like Leaky is because his abuse is not overt and he's more charismatic. Yes. Well, I don't like Leaky, but yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Why he's more acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's more charismatic. Exactly. He's charming in his abuse. Mm-hmm. And those two presumably would hate each other. Oh, yes. So, you know, you got anybody who could be an en- enemy of the clones, but those, those two groups would also hate each other. Interesting. Yes, Leaky and Tomas would not get along, and Olivier would be Leaky's mm-hmm. little lapdog that would just be the whole time just yapping. At Thomas about I can have a tail and you don't understand the glory of what we're doing and blah 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 and Leaky would even be like dude shut up <laughs> dude shut up we're not helping you are such a sieve whatever I say right. just runs right through you yeah that's what he's thinking <laughs> well I like that the danger changes so often you know it looked like Paul might have been a real danger to Sarah and now not so much and then it looked like you know, Olivier might be the big bad of the season, and that didn't exactly work out. And now you got Leaky, and you know there will be others coming as well. So. Yeah. And Helena's still not neutralized, right? No, yeah. There's just so many different sides. It's it's like, okay, who is on this person's side? Are they just all have their own agendas, and it's all so intricately tied together? It's very interesting. <laughs> Well, that yes. whole, yeah, that whole exchange with Art and I can't stand you. Um, oh. what's her name? I don't know. DeAngelis. She is just feeding that as much as she can, isn't she? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was very telling to me. And she is just a little bit too into body parts, if you don't, also. So she's probably one of those neo illusionists. The man said double check everything. So let's get forensics to pull the hand, run a fresh set of prints. Oh, we're hitting the morgue? Thought you'd like that. See. Well, see, I would be... She's totally fascinated with the, the morgue. I mean... Mm. Well, see, I'm, I'm totally fascinated by the morgue, too. And I love the finger straightening thing. Like, I knew what that was before she said anything. And so you'd think that I would like her because I like morgue stuff. But no, no, it just makes me more irritated with her. Tangelis. I, I love to read the Borg. I like the, oh, we're going to the Borg? Sweet. And then the yeah. whole finger straightening thing. <laughs> yeah. Yo, she's like, what's that? Something about going to look at another slab. It's like, oh boy, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, she was planting a seed there about somebody tampering with the evidence and all that. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our Paul, he's on our side. We got him. I know. I'm so happy. That that was one thing I wanted to do was ask the newbies their opinions of some of the characters. So, so you think Paul is on Sarah's side? Oh, I'm pretty sure he is, yes. Heidi, do you think so? Well, now you're making me question it, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask it about a number of characters. He could well okay. be. Okay. Yeah, I think that Paul is on Sarah's side. Okay. I think he fell for her. Okay, how about Mrs. S.? I'm not sure she's on Sarah's side, but she's definitely on Kira's side. Lynette, you had some questions about her early on. 
I'm, I still have questions about her, but I and I agree, I think I agree with Heidi. I, I'm not so sure about Sarah's side, but definitely on Kira's side. But that exchange with them hugging that was that was kind of interesting. I mean, I think she was actually enjoying that. Okay. How about Doctor Leakey? Do you think he's looking to protect the clones or to harm them? I think he's just there to use them. You know. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he cares about them at all. I think he's just part of his little thing. Thomas? No, we know Thomas. Uh, Ask Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. He he, I presume, is not a good guy. And Vic is Vic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what about Art? We think Art is just a gold stand up guy. Art. Art, you gotta see this. Holy shit. It's a match on the Jane Doe print. Who's Sarah Manning? Why the hell does she look like Beth? Well, you two should answer first. <laughs> I guess I was asking your question for you, wasn't I, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think he's pretty clueless about everything. I think he's just a regular cop trying to figure he, it out. Yeah. I think so, too. I, I don't think he really had anything to do with any of it before. I, I will say that with almost all of these characters, there are more layers coming. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they're like onions and ogres. <laughs> <laughs> so when she was talking about bringing Sarah over and adopting Sarah, did at any point, did she talk about how she got Felix and why she brought Felix too? No. No, she doesn't. She doesn't mention that. I guess... You could kind of assume Felix just happened to be the other person living there and she brought them both. But I was wondering if, you know, what Felix's story is, whether Felix has his own story, even if it's not that he's yeah. a clone. Right. That's what I'm wondering is, I mean, is he is he part of this thing too? A, Are there a bunch of other Felixes running around too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would just make the world a better place. Yeah. I think that'd be so. awesome. I'd be great. Here yeah, Felix in every, you know, gay bar in every major town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Well, there's no reason to think that all of the Felixes is, would be gay. Yeah. We're not even yeah. sure Felix is really gay either, but I mean, no, I don't, I don't question that he sleeps with men. That isn't what I mean. <laughs> he's, he's at least fluid. He's at least fluid, yes. And I'm beginning to think in both gender and sexual attraction, so. Yes. That's why I use the term fluid. Yeah. Felt oh. more umbrella-y. Very umbrella-y. I'll bring up something I noticed. In the very, very beginning, when Paul is talking to Olivier, and Olivier is going back over Paul's notes, and he says about eight months ago, before the shooting, you said Beth wasn't being herself. That's when she started taking the prescription meds, And that's the first time Paul brought up that she seemed to have changed. So that was before Sarah. Uh So you're still on your Beth was not Beth kick. I'm more on it now. Like I I stopped it and rewound it and played it again so I could write it down. And I have huge with an arrow and like I have it all bracketed in my notes. Because eight months ago, before the shooting of Maggie Chan... Before the jumping in front of a train, before the Sarah imposter, 
she had stopped feeling like herself or she was no longer herself. And there was a Paul noticed a difference, which is why I think it took Paul so long to notice the difference with Sarah because it was another another difference. I mean, doesn't Sarah say a couple episodes ago she reads these letters that Beth has written and Beth, she realizes that Paul doesn't love her, but he w- doesn't understand why he won't leave? Right, so maybe Beth left. Hmm. I don't know, but it's very, you're right. It's really something to think about. Well, if Paul's her monitor, Paul couldn't leave. Right, well, but, yeah, I, but Beth doesn't no, know. No, definitely, yeah, but Beth doesn't know that. Or maybe she did know that. I had kind of assumed that that's when, like, when she changed was when she figured out what was going on and about the clones and stuff. But this is a very interesting theory. I like it. (laughs) Me too. I like it a lot. I think they're both interesting theories. Either one of them could be right. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I just, I noticed that that's when she went on the prescription meds and Paul chalked it up to being a cop. Right. Because he, he would not have in any way, shape, or form thought that it was because she knew anything that was going on. Because he has no idea what's going on. He has no idea why he's monitoring her. Hey, good save on Paul's part. You mean like twins? Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. yeah. She looks just like Beth. Like twins. Yeah. But you were talking about the Delphine thing when she kind of blew Cosima off. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't know if she blew her off because she's straight or if she blew her off because she's got a thing for Leaky. Don't you think it's time we admit what this is really about? I am. I am. Oh. God, Delphine, I didn't make a huge mistake. I have to go. I'm curious about that. Or because she feels bad because she's her monitor. Yeah, could be. Yeah, She doesn't want want to take advantage. Oh, very good point. Unlike Paul. (laughs) Unlike Paul, yeah. He didn't seem to have a problem. (laughs) Well, but that goes into our completely binary way of thinking in the society. The only way that Paul could get close to Beth as a straight man and Beth being presumably a straight woman would be to be her lover. Exactly. exactly. Because he couldn't go in just being her friend. Right. Yes. Whereas two girls, you're not going to assume that one of them is queer in any fashion because as far as we know, none of the other clones are queer. So there would be no reason to say, Hey Delphine, she might have a crush on you. It would just be like, go be her pal. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. They do delve into a lot of stereotyping here, don't they? They, And they do it so subtly. Yeah, they really do. They do it really subtly, which I I really like because it's it's fun to pick it out. Yeah, they really push the push the envelope. I like that. It's really cool. Make you think a little bit. Yeah, we deliberately didn't mention any of that when you started the podcast. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to see what you picked up on and where. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm just, I love Felix because I just want to see him play out what what he's all about, you know. I just, I do. I want to see if they, they pair him up with a woman here fairly soon and see how everybody reacts to that. Hmm. 
What did you think about Fee with his little club bag that he takes with him everywhere? I love it. I love it. You take that everywhere with you? Maybe. <laughs> and his little pout. You can't go in there with your recognizable mark. Besides, Clubland is my world. You carry that around with you everywhere. Maybe. Uh, speaking of Delphine, it is the actress's birthday today. Evelyn Burshu. Yes. So happy birthday, Miss Burshu, if you ever get the chance to hear this. <laughs> yeah. So did anybody else pick up on how similar Kasima is to Sarah when being told what to do? Oh, my God. Throwing their phones down. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. That was funny. And just from the beginning, when Sarah's, like, taking over the mom role, which I'm assuming is Allison's role, but Allison is MIA at the moment. And so, no, you can't talk to her. You need to stay clear of her. I can do what I want. Okay, <laughs> Rebel. Take it down a notch. Like... I went with uh, uh, Delphine to one of uh, Leaky's Neolution lectures. Kasima, you agreed to stay away from Delphine. No, I didn't. You just told me to. You're going to end up strapped to a gurney with doctors giving you the pro. I probably already have. I just liked the similarities of those two being so rebellious that they won't even listen to each other. Yeah. One of the things I noticed for the first time is Helena is left-handed. Yes. But I hadn't, I hadn't really been able to I don't remember whether the what the other clones were whether we how much we've seen of them to know whether they're left-handed or right-handed let's see which hand was Allison using with the glue gun I think it was her right (laughs) she's picking up the scissors with her right and I think it was the glue gun was picked up with her right yeah Helena was the only one that I've noticed being left-handed yeah that's so subtle they threw that in there yep yep can we go back to Mrs. S's story about Sarah? Because I think some really important stuff happened there. She had a photo album of it. Uh, she had a hard time talking about it. She talked about the other guy whose name I cannot remember. Carlton. Cotton. Carlton, yeah, thank you. Who would bring the kids, sometimes kids that you had to hide, and Mrs. S took the chance to legitimize Sarah. And I think that could be why Mrs. S was always so hard on her and so disappointed in her for taking all of the attitude of the punk rock, but not the uh, politics of it, because Mrs. S gave up her life to protect Sarah, and Sarah, well, didn't know it, but wasn't doing anything to help protect herself by going out and being with people like Vic and becoming a con artist and hanging out with druggies and so I think it explains Mrs. S's harshness in more than just a motherly fashion and it also I think explains why Mrs. S stayed Mrs. S and Siobhan and not mom even though she legally adopted both Sarah and Felix she was talking about sometimes he would bring in the children in black I guess that means like totally incognito Mm -hmm. off the grid forever so that kind of gives you a name for the show Right. 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 Sarah is orphan black. And, and then Carlton told Mrs. S basically to run. Like being yeah. off the grid in, in London wasn't good enough. Yeah. And he was going to jail for whatever he had done, which probably involved hiding Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Mrs. S was pretty attached to him. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. 
And I do agree with that even if Mrs. S isn't on Sarah's side, I, I do believe she's on Sarah's side, that she's definitely on Kira's side. Yeah. I just really am starting to doubt whether she knows anything about the cloning, but we'll see. So what do you think she knows or what do you think she thinks she knows? Well, she says she didn't know anything about why Sarah was there, but I think she probably knows some reason why. I think she had a little, some kind of idea of why he was hiding these these particular children. What depth that is, I'm not sure. Right. But I do think, believe that she knew that Sarah was particularly very special. That right. That was pretty vague. Some of those questions get answered next episode. Oh, my gosh. But, but as always, there are certainly more questions coming. Yeah. Yeah, this show is definitely one of those. For every answer it gives you, that answer brings up ten more questions. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> so, Heidi, what did you think of dinner with Cosima and Delphine and Leaky? And you're patenting transgenic embryonic stem cells? Uh, we hope to once we get the necessary approvals, but that is not the public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did some digging and then just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is very, very, what's the word? Cheeky, I think is the word you're after, cheeky. She's very cheeky, mm-hmm. this girl. It was good to kind of, I don't know, see any interactions to maybe try and pick up on motives. I'm not sure that I really did, but I think that that would have been a good thing during that scene. Like, I'm still still very up in the air on Delphine and what her motives are, because, like, maybe she's supposed to be Kasima's monitor, but she just seems so invested in Leaky that... It's a little strange because it's like she's serving her own purposes too, maybe. Okay. But I enjoyed the scene. It was, it was, and the just, oh, so much information in this episode everywhere, you know? And yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. And all of uh, Leaky's ideas, you know, versus Cosima's. And it, yeah, it was really good. What do you think, uh, the both of you, of applying to the Institute? Who, us? Well, why not? You, you could be the next Watson and Crick. Uh, I'm just a geek girl from Berkeley. <laughs> I can tell you I'm uh, very unique. One of the things I'm wondering when talking about Dr. Leakey is I think that he may be running two different things. I think he has a whole Neo whatever, whatever it is there thing going with Delphine and the one-eyed lady. And I, then I, yeah, I don't know what else, whatever she is. And then I think there is this other whole, very scientific, very well-funded, very black ops kind of operation going on with the clones. Okay. So I think, I think he uses one as the cover and uses those people in between and interspersed. And I'm not sure they're that aware of that, what their roles are. She may not even know that she is supposed to be like a monitor. Monitor. She just may be a been told get friendly with her because we need her. Yeah, that's kind of that's the kind of way I took it after dinner with Leaky and how like the first thing that Cosima and Delphine do together is go to one of Leaky's talks. I remember thinking when I first started watching it that Delphine was there to monitor Cosima when Leaky couldn't. But Leaky wanted to get to know her and to just seek her out on his own would be a little too obvious. But to have Delphine befriend her and then bring her into the fold 
wouldn't be that obvious if she was not already self-aware. So he's going under the assumption that she's not self-aware. Mm-hmm. And, oh, pretty blonde girl, go be her friend. You're interested in the same things. Bring her to me and get her to like me. And uh, I'll give you a place at my institute or, you know, what have you. So a nice I think, pat on the head or... Yeah. So I think that Delphine was a plant, not just to monitor Cosima when no one else could, but to get Cosima too leaky. And then I thought that his goal was to get her to be self-aware on her own. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah. But I, I always felt that Leaky was using Delphine to get to Cosima so it wasn't odd because Cosima would never do a neolutionist thing on her own. She would need someone know. to take her. And he couldn't just start talking to her at school or at a restaurant or what have you for no reason. Like, he could do the headhunter type thing like, oh, you know, I work for the Dyad Institute and your name was given to me by one of your professors. Like, he could have done that, but then he wouldn't have been able to get to know her and have such casual meetings with her the way he can sneak into her casual meetings with Delphine. Exactly. I mean, because she would probably just blown him off. I mean... Yeah. You know, and this way, if she wants to hang with Delphine, she ends up being in situations with him. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Because, you know, because when... What is his name? Olivier has Paul in the room. He sends the white-eyed girl out at yeah. one point. So, but she did stab Paul in the, in the neck with a, a needle. So maybe she does, maybe it's more involved, but I don't know. But Olivier seems like a strange person to be an enforcer. I mean, he's, you know, Paul is tied up in the chair and Olivier hits him and that just, that just seems strange. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really believe this guy is going to, First of all, Olivier just doesn't look like the kind of person who's going to slug somebody. Maybe in anger, but not as a sustained torture. And I just thought that was really kind of off. Like, what is Olivier's point? Yeah, I thought yeah. he was putting himself in a bad position, even with him and the woman there against Paul. You know, I mean, I, I could easily see Paul overpowering both of them, but I guess a syringe kind of evens that up. Yeah, yeah. Olivier's Olivier's whole thing was power. Here's Paul, who's super trooper, who has something in Afghanistan, and you know is like I said, you know he's army or yeah he's army, and he has combat training, and he's you know GI Joe, and then here's, for lack of a better term science nerd or science brainwash nerd Olivier who you know is a sieve for Leaky and Leaky's ideals and so for him it was just about power it was oh big guy I'd be tied to a chair you can't hit me back pop yeah exactly I get, I, I, I get to be the big guy now I, I get agree. to show you that you are nothing I agree because Paul was thinking I can't let this guy know what's happening I have to take a very passive position here. I can't let him know, but I know what's going on. And uh, and, he, and I'm sure Olivia was quite aware of that, you know, putting out the pictures and, right. you know, and offering him all that. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. I think he hit him just because he could. Yeah, it was just a show of power. Because mm-hmm. we he's, men, he's, like yeah. Olivier, do that. Yeah, he's just a big old dumb pawn. I mean, yeah, 
Leaky would never do that, but I feel like Thomas would. Yeah, definitely. And while we're on the subject of Olivier and his eternal creepiness, is there anything in this world more terrifying than a man that you have not consented to undoing his fly? Oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> that was just, that was like, oh, you know, uh, hello, buddy. That is, uh, what do you, it's rape, really? I mean, you know, you, I, no, don't take your pants off. I don't want to see that. And he's doing it anyway. Yeah, when a guy you have not consented to is looking you straight in the face and doing anything near his fly, is that not the most terrifying thing in the world? It is very, very frightening. Because even seeing it on TV, I was like, eh, no, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> that. I don't care if you're just going to show him your tail. That's pretty icky. Yeah, I don't want to see that she either. Said, she said no. Didn't she say no? When somebody she said no, no a few that times. Means no. That means no. No means no. He's really into the power thing, isn't he? Yes, he is. Because he's low man on the totem pole. He didn't even know until just now that someone was killing off the subjects. And he's never met one in person. He is so low on the totem pole. He is just craving that kind of power, especially over one of the subjects who is so much more beautiful in person. Ooh. Oh, you are he so He is wise. just so creepy. I still can't get over how incredibly stupid he is. I just, I, I know, if you're going to go an appendage, do it on the front. I mean, I just, <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, you know, look at my tail. Isn't it pretty? No. <laughs> Heidi, what are your thoughts on Olivier? Oh, pretty much the same. Very creepy okay. and power hungry and just really just awful. He makes my soul hurt. He he's unstable enough to cause a real issue because people like Leaky and Thomas, they're very focused on what they're doing. Yes. But somebody like him, he's going to throw some weird power trip ringer in. And Mm -hmm. he's now become a liability, and I'm sure Leaky's figured that out. Yeah, I was going to ask how you thought Leaky would react to him. Oh, I think that we're going to not be seeing too much more of Olivier, that's what I think. (laughs) Yeah. After he attempted to tail assault one of the subjects yeah i don't think he's gonna go much further yeah well you know he'll be in the hospital for a while um oh yeah i'm I'm not sure what hospital will i explain that he checks into you know any regular hospital and again some doctor goes to sees and goes like okay yeah (laughs) there's something we need to amputate here Yeah. yeah seriously you know there are people that are born with a tail but nothing like that i mean it's you know and most of them you can hardly see them did we miss any other really good scenes? Yes. Did anybody notice the music playing in the background of Lunch with Helena? Oh, yes. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Uh, yes, I got you, babe. I got you, yes. babe. Did anybody was- else giggle over the Sunny and Cher? Um, and did anybody notice or did anybody see the symbolism in Thomas washing Helena's feet? I Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought it was, the whole thing was very ritualized, and then he got to the feet, and I said, okay, this is all part of what we're doing to brainwash this girl. Yep. I thought it was interesting the way the way he called the other clones it. Oh, he's, I mean, he's speaking in, in particular of Sarah. Find the imposter. Bleed it for what it knows. Then kill it. Because Helena didn't kill Sarah. Is Why didn't you kill it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume that he would think they're all it except for Helena. 
Right. Or, or he's, he would think that and he has to make sure she thinks that and continues sure. to think that. Right. Helena isn't it to him. She's just a her until she's completed her mission. Yeah. So do we think Thomas is really that religiously focused or is there some other reason why he wants all these clones dead? Religiously focused. Because there's no other, from what we know about him now, there is no other reason for him to want the clones dead or for him to even know about them. It is, I totally think he is a religious fanatic. He is a complete zealot and they fly in the face of everything that is holy for him. And so he found one of them or found out he had been near one and brainwashed her to be the one to cleanse the earth, to kill them like an avenging angel, which is why he has her carving the angel wings oh. into her back and yeah. calling them it dehumanizes them for Helena. It turns them into automatons and turns them into less than human because it's easy to kill an animal or a bug or a robot. Mm-hmm. So if they are an it, if they are not human, then Helena is committing no murder. She is cleansing the earth for God. So when she starts calling Sarah her, we have a connection. What she's saying is it's a person and killing a person is hard, which is why they tell you when you are attacked, if you are held hostage, talk about your family. Yeah. Re- ta- say your name. Tell them I I am a daughter. I have I have two parents and I'm a wife. I'm married and I'm a mom. I have I have this many kids and, and a dog and I work here and I do this. Turn yourself into a human because right now all you are is nothing and nothing is easy to kill. Yeah, that's what they tell when the parents come on uh, to you know plead for their missing children. That's one of the yep. reasons they're doing it is to just say the child's name to make that child real. Yeah. One thing we learned I thought was interesting was that. Delphine had been upset about that relationship breaking up, and it turned out that she was the one that had ended it. Well, do we think it's a real relationship? No. Yeah. Or is she just making, you know, I just I just assumed the whole thing was just made up on her part. Okay. No. Could be. Yeah. She is the cold turkey asshole. She is. It's true. I kind of like Delphine. I don't know why. I just think she's interesting. She is that. I get no response from the people who already watched it. So this will be interesting to find out about Delphine. <laughs> no, Delphine, Delphine is very interesting. I, that doesn't change. She's another one. Lots more layers coming. Ah, cool. That's <laughs> true of almost any of them. Though. Yeah. And I don't think this is a spoiler. I like Delphine. So everyone is an onion. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. seeing a trend here. They're all except, except maybe Vic. onions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vic might surprise you. <laughs> how far how far does Vic go down not very far he has just, layers more like garlic they're, maybe. they're mm. green and smelly and a little fungusy but he has layers yeah. <laughs> they're, they're he's a, a moldy onion, he, onion. Is. Ad- he makes you cry just while peeling him you don't even need to slice it <laughs> there are definitely interesting Vic scenes coming up so good. Oh, which means I have to see Vic again? Oh, yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, Heidi. I knew I wouldn't get off that easy, but he drives yeah. me crazy. Oh, it's it's not going to, but it's going to get so much better. <laughs> Evil laugh. I heard that, Bob. Well, well, you know, I, I mean, a lot of what you've seen about Vic is Vic taking abuse. 
So, you know, that might continue. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see if there's ever going to be a scene where Vic doesn't have blood or black eye or something missing. <laughs> because I haven't seen it yet. I, I've known guys like Vic, so this is really fun for me. <laughs> I feel you on that one. Lynette, I think we have covered everything in my notes. Does anybody else have anything specific? Well, what do you think is going to happen with the police finding out what they did? I mean, that was a pretty... Oh, yes. That was pretty, yeah, that was pretty much a big landmark thing there about the the DNA. Excuse me, I couldn't think of the word. DNA. And and they have her name now. Now it's who's Sarah Manning and why does she look like Beth? Yeah, that's a big deal. Like, when are they going to find Allison? She's in the same city, you know, Mm -hmm. or close anyway. Okay, so do we think that Art is going to find out separately and kind of like get in with the gang to protect all these women or... And keeping uh, it secret from Angie? Yeah, keeping it secret from Angie because that's oh. what I'm hoping. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I yeah, hope so. Then if you keep it secret from Angie, then she can just go away. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. I feel like it has to go that way because he can't find out much more and not know what's going on because he has the power to arrest her. Yeah. Because technically she's dead twice, though. Right. But he started to look at Angie like, there's something wrong with you. Because when she brings up that whole thing about, so it might have been an inside job thing, he looked at her like, well, what was the purpose of that? He, I look like he was getting a little suspicious of her. Of Angie? Which he should be because yeah. she's horrible. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. The artist starting to think like, what is your agenda? Like, what do you have against Beth Sarah? Allison, Helena. The other little thing I liked was that we saw a bit of Mrs. S's radicalism came out when she did that diatribe about Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mrs. S. England was burning. Maggie Thatcher firing in all barrels at Ireland. The Falklands. She sacked Social Security. Went after the immigrants. The poor unions. And about that hug with Sarah, I think that was a hug she had been waiting for for a long time. Yeah. I think both of them were. Yes. Felix certainly was. It sure made him happy. Felix just wants everybody to be happy and get along and love things and make oh, art. Felt, I felt so bad for him when Sarah was going into the into the club and... Oh, please don't okay, die. Okay, but just don't die. <laughs> I know. Oh. Sarah. What? Um, just don't die. Because your first funeral was just agonizing enough. Oh, one thing I should mention is that BBC America is doing six hours of Orphan Black on what they call Orphan Black Friday. <laughs> and they had, nice. they had an online poll where the viewers could pick which episodes they wanted. And so far, we've seen two of the episodes they picked. The first episode... And the last one, we just saw episode six. And the next one, episode eight, is also one they picked. So those are good choices. Ooh, one they're really six. good. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Too. Oh, I'm going to watch that tonight, I think. You can you can message me when you're done. I will. I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Nutty, who is a newbie, has already sent in feedback for episode eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, is so- I, I got the message when she watched it. It was fairly incoherent. Yeah. <laughs> Fairly similar similar to Lynette's okay, 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 wow. 
that we got earlier this week. I have one other question. How is it that Olivier knows that it's one of the clones killing the others? Because Leaky knows. And how does Leaky know that? Leaky is omnipotent and knows everything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good point, though, Janice. That is a good question, yeah. Now we'll have to start paying attention again to that. We we will find out at some point, but it's certainly not obvious now. (laughs) You know, I mean, because they are, the clones are supposed to have identical DNA, so, you know, how do you tell one from another? Yeah, how did he know Mm -hmm. that this one was that one? That will be explained. Magic. Whatever they ate for the last 21 years, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so there is some way of telling them apart, but... How is it that he knows that one of them's killing the others? Because lots of his subjects are dead. Yeah, but that yeah, doesn't but, mean that the clone is killing them. It could be anyone. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was I very mean, specific that it, could, it was a clone could very, killing. Yeah, I mean, it could very well have been... You know, it's conceivable that Tomas could just do it by himself. Right. I mean, he's not doing that, but he could he could be doing it. So I'm trying to think back to what we've, you know, what we've learned so far, and I'm not... Sure, I know that why they know it's one of the clones and what they think of that. You know, they haven't really mentioned whether they, oh, you know, has one of them gone haywire on on her own or, you know, what? Right. Okay, so should we do quotes? Yeah. Okay. Heidi? Let's see. I have Paul said, I told you to run. And Sarah, yeah, I don't do run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It was good. Okay, so Kasima and Sarah are talking on the phone, uh, or arguing on the phone, and Kasima says, got anything else you need to be paranoid about? And here, here comes Helena. <laughs> <laughs> Janice? That was a good juxtaposition. Yeah. Okay, this is, Felix has gone into the um, Neolution Club, and he, he sees the the blonde with the eye and he goes I I I <laughs> and 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 it's interesting because you know it's the, the 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 spelling for the I is changing you know first it's he's starting out as like capital I and then it's E Y E you know I mean you yeah. can just see it his head just going in his head but he goes I I I I I've come all the way from Brixton to party at the Neolution <laughs> yes I know so good Liz bah <laughs> that was good okay mine is from Helena also how was your day Paul I also had a pleasant day I was working and shopping <laughs> that's great Helena talking to Paul I did the working and the shopping. shopping any backups Um, I have one and I think this is how she said it it's Helena let's have lunch and yes. Sarah, lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my backup. Yeah. We must talk and yeah. eat. Let's do lunch. <laughs> Accents are fun. Okay, I have one that is Felix and Sarah. So what are you going to do? You're going to take Cosima's bad advice? Fess up to Olivier? I've got an even worse idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole thing we just talking about. Cosima was blinded by science. Yes. Well, then there's, okay, the one, other one I had was, um, uh, D'Angelo says, oh, we're hitting the morgue. And Art says, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> She's so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so we have 
uh, favorite clone and favorite non-clone. Heidi? Let's see. I'm going to go... This episode, it actually surprises me because so far I haven't been a big fan, but I think Helena is going to take my favorite clone. And favorite non-clone, I think I'll go... I don't know. He didn't do that. He didn't do much this time. I really like Paul, so I'm going to give it to Paul even though he was just kind of tied up and didn't really do a lot. But he, he kind of, you know, he tried to keep Sarah's secret and, and stuff, defended her. And so I'll go with Paul. And told her to run, which was really yeah. putting himself at risk. Exactly. Yes. That was a good moment. Yeah, the phone call. Hello? Hi, Beth. What's up? How much? I need you to do something for me. Okay. They know you're not Beth. Run! Beth, I want you to do something for me. They know who you are. Run. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Lynette. Well, I'm I'm kind of there with Heidi. Uh, Helena was my favorite clone, and Paul was my favorite non. Hmm. Okay, Janice. Well, I'll be different. I, I can I can definitely see picking Helena and Paul. I, I that that was in the running, but I'm going to pick Cosima and Delphine, and maybe maybe Doctor Leaky too. I thought those scenes, you know, with Cosima and Delphine, you know, kind of feeling each other out a little bit, and then the way Delphine sees Dr. Leakey and says, oh, look, he's there, you know, and goes and gets him to come up and join them and the conversation they have at dinner. I just, with all, you know, kind of all three angling, I thought was really good. Okay, Liz? So, I have two ties. Oh, good, I only have one. <laughs> Helena and Sarah are my ties for favorite clone, um, and my favorite non-clones are Paul and Siobhan. Ah, nice. Oh, nice. Okay, mine is similar. I had a tie between Helena and Sarah. I thought Sarah was very clever this episode. She really came up with some interesting ideas. And my favorite non-clone was Paul. Ooh, very uh, nice. Okay, so we'll do ratings and favorite scene. Uh, Heidi? All right, my rating. You guys do out of ten? Yes. Okay. You know, since I've watched the show in the last two weeks, I haven't actually listened to your podcast yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I'm going get on, blind here. Get on, get on that and leave us some feedback. <laughs> yeah. Give us I, an iTunes I definitely, review. I definitely, I have them all on my iPod, but okay, so. Some of them I'm, are good. Really, <laughs> I'm sure they are. I bet they all are, actually. <laughs> I mean, all the ones that I'm on are really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the other ones that I'm on are good, so... Yeah, that's true. The ones that is on are really good, too. (laughs) Perfect. All right. So my rating for this episode, tons of information. I really can't pick out anything that would bring it down a lot, except for the horrible tale. I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10 horrible tales. That's got to be it. Lynette. Oh, okay, sorry. So, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Favorite scene. Yeah. That's right. I think my favorite scene is probably the one with Sarah and Helena eating lunch. Ooh. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So enjoyable. <laughs> it was fun. Lynette? Okay, so I'm going to stand in my favorite scene was the same one. And we're right on track here because it certainly wasn't the last one because that just creeped me out. <laughs> and I'm talking about the dance scene. Not about with Arden. Well, she always creeps me out, but Angelo, whatever. 
But so I'm going to go with it. The lunch scene was great. It really was. I love watching her pour sugar on that jello. That was just great. <laughs> and then I'm going to give this a rating. And I want to talk about something. This episode was full of lips. Thomas's lips, Leaky's lips, I believe Olivia's lips. And then when they're sitting there eating lunch together, both Sarah and Helena had the worst chap lips in the world. So I'm going to give this, and it gets a point off because of that last dance scene with the thingy flying mm-hmm. around. I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 chap lips. Oh, thank God. They could all be 10s. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Janice? I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 Helena's dancing at the Neolution. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's because so much happened. We found out so much about the clones and Leaky and Leaky trying to get in with Cosima, um, the police work. So just a lot happened. And, oh, gosh, I'm not sure I have a favorite scene. I guess I like this scene at the end, you know, Paul and Sarah just looking at each other. I mean, he's just, you know, and you know what they're going to do. And, and, and Felix kind of like walks out. So I'll pick that scene. That was a pretty cool scene. That was a really awesome scene. Yeah, that was a really good scene. Liz? Okay, I give this 10, as my first 10, 10 out of 10 sheeps. (laughs) (laughs) Sheeps. And my favorite scene, I am sorry, Lynette, is Helena dancing with a tail. (laughs) Followed closely by lunch with Helena. Mm -hmm. But Helena dancing with a tail just so perfect and then she just kind of flings it into the crowd yeah just doing her own little dance moves to the music yep okay I'll give it eight and a half out of ten finger straighteners (laughs) (laughs) I liked it a lot an awful lot happened I loved all the stuff we got to see with Helena my only real complaint as I said earlier I would have liked to have seen more Allison and Donnie after what happened last episode I really want to see what's going on there I was going to pick Helena dancing with the tail, but since that's been taken, I'll take Helena cutting off the tail. That whole scene with Olivier. You know, I want to see her tail. Oh, I know. Yeah. I want to see her tail. How is this possible? Did you lie with a beast? Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, so do we have feedback? Okay, do you want me to start? Yeah, because I don't have it pulled up. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, so this is an email from Nutty. Olivier says that Beth wasn't acting herself about eight months ago. More credence to the theory that the Beth we saw was not Beth. Tomas gives Helena the razor blade to cut herself. So did he, they, teach her to do this? I love how protective Felix is of Sarah, even when he is completely out of his league. You said Helena eating would be a sight to see. It is. I love every moment she is on my screen. I feel so sorry for her. She's been brainwashed and taken advantage of, but she's strong. She's fighting it. How does Dr. Creepy know Sarah isn't Beth? Did they put markers in the various batches, or can they tell the difference between clones? How is a tail evolution? That's going backwards. I love how Paul asked if this is a test of some kind again. Yay, Mrs. S is good. I thought so. Not only is she good, but she ran a shelter and she saved Sarah when asked to. I hope Felix and Sarah realize they are special and lucky that Mrs. S picked them and saved them and cared for them. She gave up her calling to save Sarah and she brought Felix with. And the hug. I know Cosima is less emotional, but why is she not afraid? 
She just likes poking the bear with a stick. How was your day, Paul? My day was also good. I went working and shopping. Bah. <laughs> Another tease that Art is going to get involved. Elena dancing in the club with his tail. <laughs> and let's see. This is feedback from Val Pass that she left while we were recording our last episode. Since Harold swooped in and grabbed the only episode I would have wanted to guest on, I'll just have to add feedback instead. This is still hands down my favorite episode of the series. It solidified my love for Allison, and it's also when I knew for sure she was my favorite. It's also the one ep episode title that I know what it's about. Dan Wilson summed it up nicely about it going from shades of Reservoir Dogs to full-on Three's Company-style farce. But I will just add to the specific things I loved and still love, even on my rewatch. All those scenes at Allison's house were just the best, so I really wasn't much interested in all the Dr. Leakey stuff. I just wanted to get back to the craziness at the Hendricks household. Allison's craft room of terror was amazing. It cracked me up seeing her spinning the scissor holder, deciding which one she may use. And the glue gun, oh, the glue gun was the best. The way she was waving in front of Donnie like a real gun, demanding a confession from him was brilliant. Allison had really lost it, and I was loving it. And before all this happened, I loved that she had the sense to put that helmet on Donnie after she whacked him with the golf club, and then sends him crashing down the stairs. It was just so funny seeing him lying at the bottom with the helmet and Allison's look of shock. Loved Sarah as Allison, especially when rehearsing all her, Hello, Donnies, and then later yelling at Donnie that she, Allison, is the rock of the family, etc., it was an interesting scene because it also doubly played as Sarah herself telling him all those things while pretending to be Allison. It's hard to put it into words, but I think you know what I mean. At least I hope so. Thick the dick can't catch a break and has really bad luck with hand injuries. Boy, that nail through the hand looked painful. Lynette, did you think Paul would ever pull that nail gun trigger? We've never seen Paul so agitated before like that, so he got a little more interesting for me. He's great to look at, no doubt but he's always kind of been a bit boring character for me. So this episode had gotten me a little more curious about him. You know how you could watch an episode a bunch of times and not notice something? Well, this was the first time I noticed that Allison was curling the ribbon on her off-limits sign. <laughs> that is hilarious and so Allison <laughs> that she's still crafting and trying to make things nice, even while she's got a house full of people and Donnie not far away bound and gagged. I always love any multiple clone interaction scenes, and the one where Sarah is sitting on the couch with a sad, drunk Allison was pretty technically perfect looking. From the pat on Allison's leg to trying to get her drink away, or hell, even just being conversing so close to each other and making perfect eye contact looked awesome. If you ask me to say, I love this episode, I'd say, you're damn right. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Val. Okay, should I continue? Or I, can, I can go on. Okay, great. And other feedback about ep episode six, Simone Poole. Yay, hello, freaky leakies. Simone also said, oh, Chad, sexual harassment man, look it up, lol. And Kasima is from San Fran, along with her saying it in the episode, the OB wiki says it too. And then Annette Polia. It was mentioned on the podcast, how did Beth find out about Kasima? Kasima told Sarah when they met in the bar that Beth used facial, facial recognition software and driver's license photos from North America to find other clones. I thought she only did it in Canada, which is why I asked the question. Lynette said for this episode, yes, feedback. 
because, wow. Simone said, oh, Olivier, this is what happens when you regress back to a human with a tail. You automatically become primitive and stupid and get attacked by Shakira clone. (laughs) (laughs) I love Helena, especially in the diner scene with Sarah. It's just beautiful to watch. Don't stab her. LOL. Cosima, keep an eye on Delphine. I know she's pretty. She has those eyes, that voice, and the hair. But come on. She has monitor written all over her. I adore Cosima. Harold Wallen says, While this episode provides a lot of tantalizing clues about the clones, my favorite parts are the Helena moments. The unexpected invitation to lunch, fantasizing about what it would be like to be not Beth, dancing in Neolution with Olivier's tail, but best of all, the dinner scene where she tries to find a balance between reaching out to Sarah and threatening to kill her while scooping up Jello with sugar. One thing is obvious. This clone needs more sweetness in her life. Extra fun fact. Felix is always prepared for Clubland. Emily Wright Pugh. As a suburban housewife, I would love to explain Allison Scissors Carousel for anyone who may be confused. I think most people are familiar with pinking shears. Those are scissors that when you cut with them, leave a crafty looking edge. I'll provide a picture. An Air- Allison's Carousel of Scissors. She has like 25 different edges. She can cut paper or fabric to get different edges. Tight scallops, beer, salads, etc. Disclaimer. I don't own these, but I have enough friends that scrapbook to be familiar. And I've, I've been to enough craft stores to have seen Allison's set. And then she enclosed a picture. And then she also said this link shows something like what Allison has. And the scissors have a little drawn picture of what each scissor can do. In case you were curious. Yes, I have those scissors. Not to jump into <laughs> feedback, but, you know, scrapbooker. 25 of them? Mm, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Wilson says, on your last episode, someone pointed out that Delphine says, it's really nice to make a friend in this brave new world. In case anyone missed it, I'll add, I'll add that to the train station in the first scene of episode one. It's called Huxley Station. And Max Headroom's clone is named Aldous Leakey. So that's three references to Aldous Huxley's plus one to Louis Leakey, known for pioneering the study of human evolution. When Sarah describes Helena, she could have mentioned the disordered horror soundtrack that travels with her. Episode seven was action-packed, but episode six really welted my appetite for more farce. That tale was a nice touch. Bob said, good points, Dan. I knew the Huxley references, but I didn't think we mentioned them on the podcast. I missed some of them, but yeah. And while we were recording, Matt sent in a little feedback. The first is, back in my day, scissors were scissors. (laughs) Second was, no audio feedback this week. The complete lack of Allison soured me on this episode. Olivier, Leakey, and the Neolution Clubbers are too creepy for words. I continued to dislike Art and his new partner, my least favorite of the subplots. We had a great scene of Helena eating Jello, and I heart Cosima and Delphine, but that's about it. This one moves the plots along, but it's not my favorite. Six out of ten shakes of a shepherd's tail. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. That's Very good. nice. That's good. Yeah, I thought that was a great rating system. Thanks all yeah. for the feedback. And thank, thank you. Yes, thank you. Heidi, thanks again for joining us. Uh, would you like to mention your podcast again? 
Sure. Um, you can find me at castlecast.net. Uh, Investigating Mars is on quadruplez.com. And down below podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what the website is. So just look for down below on iTunes. Awesome. Okay. Uh, next time, join us for episode eight, Entangled Bank. And until then, remember, a tale is a really bad idea. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Bye. 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 Would you the least bit worried that someone might be trying to kill you? Yes. But at least it's not you. Why are you following me? I'm not following you. Oh, fine. I thought you might want a blowjob. Shit, you hey, Paul. Shit, Paul. He's with me. Okay, he's my brother. I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to talk. Helena, just stay away from me. Please, I have an offer for you. But we must talk and eat. I guess there's a few things I should have told you. You think? So then what are you going to do? You're going to take Cosima's bad advice? Fess up to Olivier? I've got an even worse idea. Hello, friend. Oh, God. That time. Do you want to be saved? Yes. Helena, untie me. Give me a name first. I gave you Olivier. I want the name of a ship too.